You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I am your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller. Scoop! Justin Davis is here. Hey, guys. And making his triumphant return to Gamescoop is Charles Onyet. I, I don't really know. No, this is <laughs> Mr. Totally. Slime. Yes! The Raging Canadian. <laughs> All of that was unnecessary. He's a GameScoop all-star. That's, that's the truth. That's true. Great. Charles, you're, just, you're making so many people's day right now, just, just by sitting in this room and talking with us. Well, I'm, I'm happy I can do that then. Uh, the biggest news of the week is uh, Elder Scrolls Online announced. Before we get to that, spoiler-free review of The Avengers. It's awesome. Totally. And everybody needs to go see it. Word. Yeah. Stay I'm, through the credits. Oh yeah! All the way to the really? end of the credits. Another end credits thing. Oh, it's, it's good. So, it's, it's good. It, well, I it's, mean, it's the best end credits. Does thing. Samuel L. Jackson show up again and is like, "I need you for a mission"? It's like we need. I'm that putting already. together a team. <laughs> we'll be like, what? This was already established. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. He walks into high school and he's like, "I need to see Peter Parker," and then it just goes away. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really. Good. I don't know. Do you have any other comments you want to make, Craig? Uh, it only. It was my enjoyment for it has only aged over. Uh, has aged well over time. Like last night, we, me and Damon were waiting for Uber cabs, and we're like, "Man, that was that was a good movie. That was really fun." Blah blah. blah. And mm-hmm. we went through the parts we liked. And then this morning, I woke up and I'm like, "I love the Avengers!" <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah. I'm replaying scenes in my head and like giggling on the train. I'm like, "Oh, I gotta go see this movie." Again. You told me earlier today, well, just now before we started recording, you told me that you loved it way more than Iron Man One. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. Was, for the longest time, people have thought that was like the the best Marvel movie. Yeah, totally. it is. The, it was the best. Yeah, Marvel. I, no, was. totally. Yeah, it, it was. That was the thing we were talking about. We, you know, we watched Captain America this week. Damon got introduced for the first time and didn't like it. <laughs> he got oh. really. I didn't upset. like Captain America. I really either. did not like Captain. So, America. I thought it was really boring. Yeah. The yeah. argument I kept making is that I, th- I, with the exception of Iron Man one, I felt 
pretty much the same about all the movies. Just varying f- shades of, it's okay, it was yeah. fun, it was whatever, it's fine. Damon, and like this was like the payoff to that of like, we don't need to do the bullshit two-hour hokey story of how they got their powers. Like, they're just going to fucking go do shit. Yeah. And you're like, yes. Thor's from Asgard and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Damon not only didn't like Captain America, you aggressively didn't no, like really, it. Really it, was, really it was one of those things, I think you he was... mad. He, he had to, the rest of the room liked it. The rest of the room was like, oh, this is a fun movie. And Damon's like, this is a... T-. And like, that only got Damon more agitated. <laughs> yeah. He became the Hulk. So, question I have, because I have not seen The Avengers yet. Uh, I did not go to the midnight screening. No, nope. You either. haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I know. I'm, Get it's been out for 11 hours now. <laughs> I suck. But uh, how... how uh, spoiler conscious am I going to have to be on this is it the oh, kind of you, thing where I'm just going to have to go like yeah. I'm not going to have to t- I can't I mean, talk to anyone I can't read anything about the it's Avengers it's going to be game over by Monday people are going to be tweeting nonstop yeah. about I mean this I'm thing. assuming so I haven't seen it so nobody be mad this is not a spoiler statement but I'm assuming since it's a Joss Whedon movie that someone, I can't believe you said that that, <laughs> that someone dies he, he, someone dies in every movie he's ever made. I don't know any spoilers, but that's just the assumption of someone that hasn't seen it. We'll see. All right, I'm going to stop it right there because any possible response to that statement that's is true. we will not respond. We will not respond. I can't. Well, read. I mean, isn't that really just a cop out though? Because every one of the movies leading up to this, somebody died, didn't they? Well, I mean, the I, guy who gave helped Iron Man build his suit. The guy who uh, made the guy Captain, who Captain America, America. <laughs> Thor's dad, right? He got killed. And that's no, why I think he, he didn't quite die. I, don't oh, think. Yeah. I was he just lived. spoiling every other movie. Yeah, that's well, true. whatever. You had enough years to get this together, and they're ba- like they, they're based on comics. You should have read. And I also can't. Yeah, that means I can't read the GameScoop comments this week. I can't. Oh yeah. yeah. See, then that's the thing. You got it. And like, it's not because it, it wouldn't ruin the movie. Like, I mean, like, go see it as soon as you can. Exactly. It's one of those things where. Anything people would say about it, they're gonna be like quoting a line or whatever, and like that was that's why I wanted to see it last night. I wanted to see it right away to have that energy, and that was a really good crowd. And like they were really, was yeah. And I'll say this: so there's two, you know, Easter eggs after the credits. There's like a, a, a cinematic version of the credits that just uh, shows the actors and the director, and then the, like the long list of credits. So in between those, there's an Easter egg, and the the audience in the theater flipped their shit oh, when yeah. they saw oh, that. My, yeah. They freaked I, the fuck out. I've been like I've been to. Plenty of midnight showings. Plenty of midnight showings for comic book movies and blah, blah, blah. I've never seen a crowd <laughs> lose their fucking mind like yes. that. Like, people standing, standing up, up like, and cheering and studio yeah. hall and, like, throwing their arms. Man, it was that's all, pretty great. Yeah, intrigued. You gotta go see it. Like, it, Mike Mitchell, my roommate, tweeted, like, oh, man, I gotta see this. Who wants to go? I'm like, I want to see it. Oh, uh, yeah. I promise Christine I'll, I'd I'll see it. But, like, yeah. can I see it a third time? Why not? Yeah, I'll Just waste all it. my money on the Avengers. <laughs> I think the best part about the movie I mean, is, is like is the dialogue and the writing. Totally, they, they makes the characters so yeah. likable. I think that's that's what yeah. I, that's what I think about when I think Josh Josh, Whed- Josh Whedon. I think like really good writing, great characters, and he totally brought that to the Avengers. A lot of humor. Yeah, yeah, the, awesome. Like the action scenes were awesome. I thought. Oh yeah, like, they're, I they're totally great loved too. Them. Um, and like this is a comment that Greg Miller made last night. The Avengers is the best Hulk movie ever. Yeah, totally. Other people have been saying that too. So I saw, uh, there's no spoilers in what I'm about to say, but I saw somebody tweet after a midnight screen, or not a midnight, I guess an advanced screening, saying that the Hulk steals every scene he's in, and it's totally yeah. fucking true. Like, it's because like, Mark Ruffalo is this shit. Mark Ruffalo is, is awesome, awesome, for sure, yeah. And like, just, it's like such an awesome interpretation of the Hulk. And then I was talking about it with somebody today about that, uh, one of our producers here. And I, we were talking about it just like, I think it's just because like a normal Hulk movie is such a downer. <laughs> a normal Hulk movie is him not yeah. trying, trying not to be the Hulk. There's no happy ending for that guy. Yeah, exactly. So yes. it was so good. I want to go see it again. Is so it bad. is it mostly action or is there a lot of dialogue as well? It's a good mix. There's a lot of action, but like I was saying, like really great dialogue, snappy dialogue too. Okay, it's great. Mm. Let's awesome. go right now. Fuck games. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, want yeah, to, I want to see it now, but I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm worried that if I don't see it immediately, I need to shut down the internet. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> the thing. Like and like, there's plenty of things that I know that people will be tweeting and hashtagging and whatever. Oh my god! Now you're making me all scared. Yeah. So Greg and I saw it at midnight last night. I got home at three. He got home at three thirty. Yeah. Four hours to sleep. 
for me. So, but I feel okay right now. Yeah, I think it, this afternoon will be. I'll need a nine side cu- cup of Joe right after uh, lunch, probably. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm st- I'm hungry. I don't know what I want to eat. Mm. It's it's been a rough week, Charles. I didn't, I wasn't here over the weekend, Damon, so we didn't get our I didn't get my groceries delivered. I so believe, I haven't been able to make Charles and I lunch. I, be, I believe when there is no answer to that, the answer is always pizza. I think it's yeah. I think it's the cutest thing that you make Charles a sandwich for lunch every day. We help each other out. We have a good relationship going. <laughs> we got to get by somehow. <laughs> but it's like symbiotic. Then you pay him in beer on the weekend. It's true. I think I think that's a good. It's a good uh, relationship. It's a good partner system. Yeah. 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 Okay, end Avengers discussion. Begin Elder Scrolls Online discussion. Okay, I'm going to bed. Wake me when this <laughs> Do you not care about Elder Scrolls Online? No. You have a, you have a gaming I mean, PC now, Greg. Yeah. I know. You're a PC gamer now, it's, I thought. It's time that we have a conversation. I'm thinking about selling the gaming PC. Like, <laughs> well, you haven't even used it yet. I know. I just do. I look at it. I'm like, when am I going to use it? Why did this? you buy that thing? Because I want to play SimCity in a year. <laughs> I really want to play SimCity. It's a 2013 game. I know. I don't know. I'm scared. I thought you were going to play The Old Republic. I started. I started the old Republic before, yeah, and I do. I was thinking about picking up my character, but then I'm just so into reckoning. I could have told like you. Anytime how this I feel like questing. Dude, so you're, Diablo though. Diablo's yeah, are coming gonna, up. Are you gonna play Diablo? I'm gonna play. You Diablo. played the beta, right? I played the beta. It was did, fun. You you enjoyed it? Yeah. Did you did you kill the skeleton king? Spoilers. No no no. no. There's a skeleton. King. I got to like the glo- there was <laughs> a glowing hole in the ground. I was supposed to go down, but like then somebody came over and See, I stopped. Did you call it a glory hole? A glowing hole. <laughs> in the ground. There's a glory Ooh. hole in the ground. I think that's official Blizzard fiction. It's called the Glory Hole. Right. Yeah, so. it's, uh, it's one of those things. There's always great ideas for what I want to play that rocket ship game. Anthony talked about on the show a few Must weeks ago. Ker- Kerbal Space Program. Sure. Ker- Kerbal Space Program is amazing. All right, fine. I'll, do, so, I'll, I'll play that this weekend. So I didn't. Um, Project I, Zomboid. I think some people are just console gamers, and I think that's you, Greg. Yeah, you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of us out there. I do but not I, disparage PC games in the least. It's just that's just not yeah, the type I mean, of gamers I, we are. I don't. I don't like. So I use. I do a lot of Steam, and then like I play through console games, and I just plug in my 360 controller. Like I got Dead Space Two for five bucks. Like yeah. played through that. Used a 360 controller. Like it's exactly the same as playing on my Xbox, but it's just cheaper. And like, you're not sitting on your comfortable couch. Yeah, but I got or, or you can just move your your PC over to your, t- I, your I TV. Was, That's yeah. what I do. That's what I play. Yeah, mm. I was sitting on my couch when I played that game, and I played through uh, a lot of stuff like that. Just Cause Two, like I, um, you know, once you get a powerful enough PC that it's as powerful as a console, and a lot of those games have you know just out of the box controller support. It's awesome. It's true. Even Terra that launched recently, when you start that game up, it asks you specifically if you want to use a controller or if mm. you want to use a, a traditional mouse and yeah. keyboard. That one's out this week? Uh, yeah, yeah, it launched on Tuesday. Um, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I enjoy it. See, this is the issue I keep running into, though, is that, like, you know, Diablo I played for a while, and I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm looting stuff, but I'm like, man, I would rather do this in Reckoning and keep my save going. And then we talk- Steimer was trying to get me to play Terra. I was like, oh man, if I'm gonna sit down and play Terra, I'd rather sit down and play DC Universe online. Really? Yeah. You'd rather play DC Universe? It's in it's in the DC Universe. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Maybe ter- ter- maybe Terra's ter- terrible later. I'm on. Oh. Terra. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! Did you like Terra? I'm sorry. I I apologize for that profusely. You like Terra? Um, own it. Own it. It's, exactly. It's fun so far. I'm still okay. very early, so maybe it'll just turn into a total grind fest. Maybe I'll later. try it. I'll try it. The I'll combat try. system is definitely fun. It, it plays like an action game. Okay. I, have, I haven't spoken to anybody yet that that is not digging it. Yeah, and and the difference is, I mean, there are a lot of sort of online quote-unquote MMOs out there, but a lot of them are, uh, when you actually go into the combat, you're just in a little instance dungeon or something mm-hmm. like that with a group. This is actually an, op- an open-world MMO where the, the yeah. zone is just open, there's a whole bunch of players running around, and it's an action system. Cool. Which is cool. Cool. But, 
But Elder Scrolls Online. Yes, sorry, I got this way, way off topic there. Yeah. We've known or, or suspected it for a long time. Yeah, so ZeniMax Online Studios has been around for a while. They were established, I, I believe, in 07 or something like yeah. that. But it's it's been years that they've just been sitting there, and we haven't uh, known what they were working on. And all of the, the Fallout uh, stories that have been going on with Bethesda, the lawsuit stuff, uh, made some people believe that they were making a Fallout MMO. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's, there's two options. They were either making Elder Scrolls or Fallout, basically. Yeah, and now we, we finally have uh, confirmation through uh, Game Informer in their cover story that it is uh, the Elder Scrolls Online, um, and it's supposed to come out uh, next year, actually, in, uh, for PC and Mac. There will be a Mac version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great. So, uh, yeah, so this is a game that they've been working on for five years with a team of 200-plus people. They have a huge team on the game, and, yeah, it's going to be a, com- it, from, from all accounts, it's going to be a completely fully featured MMO. Yeah, like, it, it's, it, it, uh, everything's voice acted, just like in Skyrim, everything. I mean, oh. it's completely bonkers, the amount of, just how far along it is and how, uh, can you imagine? And they managed to keep it a secret, like... I mean that was a very well kept secret considering the amount of uh, the amount uh, of attention, especially the Elder Scrolls has been getting uh, since Skyrim came out. The game is still in like the top five on Steam yeah. selling. Yeah. Skyrim is. Can you imagine if you were working on something for five years and you had to keep Couldn't it tell secret? anybody? Like, God, I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean I know the reaction to Elder Scrolls Online. A lot of people think, well, I mean the Elder Scrolls has always been a single player game very fiercely single player and a lot of people have been like oh when are you adding multiplayer and the response from bethesda game studios is always the same it's like yeah that's not happening like we're we're not doing that or maybe when it makes sense we'll do that but we've never been able to figure out how to make how to make it make sense within elder scrolls games i I think we can't emphasize strongly enough that this is not the same studio that's made any of the elder scrolls games yes it's a a different team and it's a different um you know and i'm sure they pulled people over and and the game informer story talks about how they're you know how they're working so closely together but uh you know it's not the same team that made skyrim or oblivion or morrowind yeah it's Um, it's it is a totally different staff and it will have an emphasis on pvp which i think makes sense because matt furor who uh, worked on Dark Age of Camelot, which had a uh, realm versus realm PvP system. Mm-hmm. That's going uh, the the three faction PvP system is basically going to be built into uh, built into Elder Scrolls Online as well. So you know, obviously, there's still a tremendous amount of information that's under wraps that we you know we don't we don't know a lot yet. But uh, the details that we do know are really making a lot of Elder Scrolls fans sort of rabidly upset. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, so Elder Scrolls fans are sort of rabid fans to begin with. And so when they think Elder Scrolls MMO, they think Skyrim, but running around with their friends. And, like, that's not really how, like, the first time that you play Elder Scrolls Online and you come across a quest that's like, bring me back these five wolf belts, like, people are going to be pissed. Like, they're not well, going to like that. And, well, okay. So I mean, you still sort of have to do that in Elder Scrolls anyway. A little. A little. I, so the world of the Elder Scrolls, what I think a lot of people don't realize, is this game was bound to always disappoint because it's a, uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> nah, because uh, let me explain. Okay, I'm, I'm right here. Um, because every single one of these games, the whole world is sort of orbited around the player. He's the center uh-huh. of the game world's universe. And now, like you know, if I'm standing in town and like you know I'm the savior, I just cleared this dungeon, but then there's some dude in this like gigantic glowing armor that's like bigger and stronger than me, and then it's just like, huh, like it's just gonna feel weird. It, it, yeah, it's it's not it, from the sounds of things. It is it is not going to feel like the the offline single player 
uh, Elder Scrolls experience, which right. I mean, I don't know if anyone. Yeah, I it don't sounds, think you can really expect that. Like in a, in a massively multiplayer online game, you just that that is the nature of the product. Yeah, they have latency to deal with. You know, they have and and you know, besides the technical limitations, they have design issues that they're dealing with. So, you know, we haven't mentioned yet. This is a third person game. It's not first person. Um, it does use a hotbar for skills. You know, just like World of Warcraft, you can assign. Sort of, you know, you'll learn skills as you level up, and then you assign them to different slots. Um, and it's set across the entire uh, continent of Tamriel, so right. it's not just a specific province. It's not like Skyrim, which is yeah. Uh, you'll visit you know, Skyrim, and you'll visit Morrowind, and Cyrodiil. And- Cyrodiil is actually going to be the PvP zone. Yeah. So. I was just saying that would be cool to return to Skyrim and know where locations are. Yeah, but see, but it's this is I think people are going to be disappointed in that. So like they, so Bethesda had a team of you know I don't know how many people, several hundred people working to build just Skyrim for years and years. But Mm -hmm. now that's just one region. Like you're going to visit a city and be like, well, this is not as detailed or as big or as in depth of it as it was in Skyrim. Like you're revisiting some of the same locations. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a different version. There'll be a different art style. Yeah, Um, exactly. But I mean the the thing about the, the this game is that it's just going to constantly be expanded over time. So sure. even if and uh, even if certain cities aren't in at launch, if certain areas of uh, specific zones of Tamriel aren't in at launch, mm-hmm. you can expect them to be there later. And I would expect the kind of you know rollout that something like uh, Turbine did with like um, uh, Lord of the Rings Online, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're just we're going to give you the start of the ju- of the journey of the ring at launch yeah. and then they just keep adding on to that so you keep moving across the the world in yeah that case, i mean, middle earth d- overall this definitely sounds less like oblivion and skyrim but made multiplayer and more like a traditional mmo just set in this world now here's the question for you i have for you yeah you're talking about how you, people are going to get bent out of shape they're going to walk in and be like, this isn't the skyrim i remember yada yada yeah. are you projecting you think too much about a console person doing that, PS3, 360. I mean, you're talking about it's a PC MMO mm-hmm. right there. We've narrowed the group, cru- the grop, the, <laughs> the group. Yes, down. the grop. The, gro- the, the grop has been narrowed. The group and the crop, the grop <laughs> have been narrowed down. And who's going to get in there and want to play it? You know what I mean? Like, I would think most MMO players and most hardcore PC players are gonna, who know Elder Scrolls are going to understand what they're getting into. Yeah, I think sure. MMO fans are, are going to know exactly what the deal is. I think yeah. that's fine. It, I, it's I, just that, in. Like, Justin, to what you're saying, the, the, the person who has only been playing uh, Elder Scrolls as a single-player experience, maybe hasn't ever touched an MMO, doesn't really know how they work, yeah. might walk into Elder Scrolls Online and be like, oh, well, this doesn't feel like Elder yeah. Scrolls. Well, I mean, maybe but, I'm projecting... But I don't know. I haven't yeah. even seen the game yet, so I, exactly. I really don't know. Yeah, this I mean, is I, just I, all on uh, on information that's come out. Your so face far. is going to be red when it is just Skyrim multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. It's actually I'm, the same game. Yeah. It's just <laughs> if, maybe I'm projecting around. like my own feelings, but there's definitely a grop of hardcore... <laughs> Uh, Elder Scrolls fans that when they say third person, you know, third person, your skills are on a hot bar. They're like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna. There's totally people that are like that, and I don't think they're wrong. Like they're taking what they loved about Elder Scrolls and taking it away. Like that's, it's something different. I mean, it's it's a different genre. It totally is. It's the MMO genre, not like Skyrim made multiplayer. True, um, true. Well, GameScoop listener Anthony Mathers says he's sick of MMOs. Okay. He says, am I the only one that's sick of MMOs based on pre-established series? If the game is successful, we'll never see another entry in the regular series. If it fails, then the name value is considered weak and left to die. Case in point, Fantasy Star, Warcraft, Knights of the Old Republic, the list goes on, and now Elder Scrolls. When will this end? Uh, I, I don't think that's true in the case of Elder Scrolls just because they are different studios building those two games. So mm-hmm. Bethesda Game Studios still exists, a separate entity from ZeniMax Online Studios. Both of them are huge studios. 
Yeah, and uh, obviously they're well funded. And there's not much <laughs> lore overlap. Um, you know, Bethesda tends to move each of their Elder Scrolls games forward in time. And this MMO is set a thousand years in the past. So those both the, both those games can exist. And, you know, it doesn't mean that Elder Scrolls six will, you know, counteract something that the MMO does if it's successful and is still running. Yeah, that's true. In this case, it does seem like there's plenty of room for uh, ZeniMax online to continue expanding the world of the Elder Scrolls online. And then Bethesda Game Studios can just move ahead with yep. whatever they're going to do with the, the single player version. And I want to and, and my... this way, but we, people will probably stop asking Bethesda Game Studios, when are you going to put multiplayer in your games? And yeah. Like, no, we're just we're fine with the single player. It's <laughs> sold like a gazillion copies, especially yeah. through PC with the. With the attention given to the mod scene yeah. through the workshop on Steam. I mean, I, so overall, I, you know, I think I've expressed that I'm disappointed in this news, but I'm totally willing to. Like, I played World of Warcraft and loved it for years. So there's worse things than, like, you know, a really solid, well-put-together, well-thought-out, you know, strong PvP Elder Scrolls MMO. It's maybe not the game that I hoped it they were going to announce, but it could still be awesome. Um, you know, obviously, there's still a lot sort of up in the air, and MMOs sort of live and die by their you know by their details i yeah. guess and yeah i mean the the way I, I usually approach mmos is um you know there are a lot of mmos that get announced a lot of screenshots and video that you can look at but until you really sit yeah. down and play the mmo not for 30 minutes not for an hour not for you know two hours until you sit down and really play it for like a week and you really get a sense of how progression works i think that's important uh, the frequency with which you get loot and things yeah. like that, uh, the types of social experiences you can have with different classes. And mm-hmm. once you actually unlock a class's full skill set, how versatile that is, how many different ways that allows you to approach combat, all that type of stuff contributes to whether or not it, it will actually be a good game. Yeah. And, and that's something we still haven't seen yet. What yeah. was the final verdict on Wakfu? I didn't. I, I didn't play wow. walkthrough. That is that is a random game to bring up, but I, I have not played. That walkthrough. was an MMO. I, I do preview of, and I was interested. And in I get to run for office. I could be the mayor of this walkthrough town. Okay, uh, it's it's out. You can play it. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the art style. Uh, if uh, GameScoop fans, if you're a big Wakfu fan, let us know in the comments and tell me where you're playing, and if I could come in and you could just elect me president right away. <laughs> if you can do that, if Greg can just walk in and become Wakfu president, I don't know if it works like that. There's voting. Okay. That's the thing. They have democracy. That's why I was very interested in it. I, I feel like it's also I feel, like on floating petals and crap. Or like I, I feel like you probably need to put in some time before you can be eligible for that kind of. I'll come in to be somebody's secretary of the state, and then <laughs> then they can die. They'll just kill themselves. <laughs> and then it'll all work out. I don't know if you've thought this through. <laughs> what are you gonna do? The burden of office is a heavy burden, Greg. I would. I'll tell you right now. There'd be no taxes anymore. <laughs> On the glim glams, those little things you ride around. No, sir. In the glim glam tax. The, 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 the end of the glim. This is my campaign platform. That's it, though. That's it. No, that's all that would change. There's other stuff. I'd get rid of the tenement housing down by the second moon. I don't like that one bit. I'll tell you, there's been a lot. I, over at the Celestial Tide Pool, I haven't enjoyed the riffraff over there. I will, up, I will double. I will double the security at the Celestial Tide Pool. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like you got a pretty strong... A chocobo in every pot? A beer in every fridge. It is an like ale, a, a final. I think it is a Square Enix game, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another example of a franchise that has gone gone MMO several times. Very uh, successfully. Uh, yeah. Poor poor Final <laughs> Fantasy. Yeah. 14 it was just... Yeah, it's it's still going. They're still proceeding towards their uh, our 2.0. Yeah. Um, alleged stuff i haven't i haven't played it in a while begin but, phase two yeah, yeah that's that's still happening yeah 
we so I think Elder Scrolls optimistic me totally agrees with Charles. I'm like maybe it's gonna be awesome. Totally willing to give it a shot. Totally excited to run around. You know the areas of Tamriel we haven't had a chance to see in person before. Pessimistic me sees this company started in 2007 at the height of World of Warcraft, and they say, "Fuck, we're gonna make World of Warcraft, but we're gonna do it in Tamriel." That's what pessimistic me thinks. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yeah, I mean, I that that's something we just yeah we yeah. we can't answer yet. Um, I I think what what is clear so far is that it's just really not going to feel like the 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 Elder Scrolls experience that everyone knows and loves. Yeah. It'll it'll be something different. That can be okay. We'll mm-hmm. see. But in some cases, it has to be because I don't know if you could really do the the yeah. first person heavy uh, type of exploration and combat type stuff that you get in traditional Elder Scrolls games in a massively multiplayer environment. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Well, other Elder Scrolls news that was revealed this week is uh, downloadable content is coming for Skyrim on Xbox 360 this summer called Dawn Guard. That is the Dawn Guard. There are no real details about that, although I believe it allegedly is supposed to involve snow elves. Glowing eyes. Of some snow kind. The, the, the art has the, the Dovahkiin uh, yeah, his eyes, his eyes are glowing. marketing yeah. model with glowing eyes on it. Um, but yeah, that'll have a, a brief period of, of exclusivity. Uh, I think it was 60, 90, 30. I can't remember the number of days. That was reported last year. <laughs> it was year. divisible by three. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was some, some specific number of days that it's supposed to be uh, on 360 first. And then, I don't know, at some point later, it'll, it'll come out. Skyrim's on my list of meaning to get back to games. Yeah, I'm, totally, managed it I'm yet. playing Skyrim way more now than when it launched. And your, your wife plays a lot of Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, she, she beat the main quest before me. You can never predict what games that lady's going to be into. <laughs> Am I right, Greg? One. She's a wild <laughs> one. Don't glare at me. <laughs> I, was just, I didn't mean it in a weird way. I had a uh, lovely time with her last night when we were eating tacos. <laughs> it got weirder than I, I was going to say when we were eating tacos, which would have made it weirder. Wow. But we did all go to wow. Underdogs last night, and it was dynamite. You're just, you're just digging that hole. Charles, you were there. Help me out. Was I? <laughs> she told me she was out with her girlfriends. <laughs> Okay. She met her Greg friends. Uh, I, I did want to mention there was another uh, PC-related announcement. There was this week. I was maybe going to say this. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. This right here. Oh, are we talking about? Oh my snap? God. Are we talking about Company of Heroes two? Yes. Yes. That, that got is, announced. That is really exciting. So explain to me why this is important. Well, I I actually don't know any, any details. <laughs> I don't know why. No, no, no. I know I know why. I just I don't know any uh, many no. specifics about the game. I, 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 I'm, I not, believe I'm not familiar with Company of Heroes generally. I believe the game is set in the the Eastern Front. Uh, Company of Heroes considered easily one of the best RTSs ever made. Yeah, and it's it's by Relic. Oh. It's it's a World War II real time strategy. Is game. Is that the one with the small squad where you? Like... So yeah, you don't. It's not StarCraft style where you right. build up this complex base and send out this huge army. Right. Um, it's like with, more with huge player player caps and stuff like that. It's much more about smaller unit counts, uh, being really smart with the units that you have because yeah. they all have multiple uses on the battlefield. Uh, base building really isn't very important. It's it's yeah, it's it's not a big part of the gameplay. It's more about how you use your troops in the field, and you have really cool uh, destructible environments. Uh, random elements that can happen in battles like tanks just you know parts of tanks uh being disabled and things like that it's just a really uh just a really dynamic kind of gameplay that that you don't see in a lot of other places and now we're getting a sequel Mm -hmm. it's exciting and yeah Yeah. i haven't i haven't seen the game yet so i don't really know uh much about what will happen there but it also had a really cool uh single player campaign which is rare for an rts yeah mostly it's about the multiplayer apparently the russian army is now playable oh well there you go (laughs) 
and it also it also had powers too. So you you would you would uh, rank up powers and then be able to deploy special powers onto the battlefield, which is more or less standard in in a lot of RTSs. But uh, at the time, it was really cool. Mm. And that was supposed to come out next year. All these games are coming out next year. Yeah. There's a lot happening on PC. Next year could be really interesting for the RTS scene on PC because you've got uh, Company Heroes two. Uh, whoever, I mean, whenever the next version of StarCraft actually comes out. Yeah. And then Generals 2, which we haven't heard much about um, mm. since it was announced. But yeah, Command & Conquer Generals 2 is uh, supposed to happen next year. And speaking of RTSs, this Total War game just came out on iOS, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do we know if it's any good? Uh, I've played it. So other people really liked it. I didn't care for it. Mm. Uh, I found it to be really slow. Um, and I found it to be confusing. Like, units would fight... And one unit would win, but there's no, like, you can't, there's not enough transparent to the user. You can't see, like, a health bar or anything. So I'm like, well, did that unit get injured when he won the fight? Like, I don't know. And it's very sort of uh, rock, paper, scissory, you know, what wins, which is normal. But, like, just obviously, like, oh, spearmen beat horsemen, guys on horses. And it's like, well, okay, you know, I've I've seen that before. I wanted more for it, especially because it was, it was made by the actual it's Creative Assembly? Is that the people that make Total War? Yeah. Yeah, it's made by the actual Creative war, Creative Assembly people. They didn't, like, farm it out to somebody else. Um, so I, I held it to a higher standard for that reason. The main thing I didn't like was how slow it was. It's very slow. Mm. Yeah, it needs a fast-forward button badly. And we're big fans of Saints Row the Third here at GameScoop. And uh, this week we found out that... A standalone expansion is coming out later this year. And what's interesting about this is that this was originally their April Fool's joke this year. They mm-hmm. announced that this Enter the Dominatrix content was coming out for Saints Row the Third as, as the April Fool's joke. And now it's, it's actually going to come out. So, what, so what, is, like, what is it? I didn't... Uh, it takes place immediately after the events of Saints Row. Uh, an alien warlord prepares to invade <laughs> Earth. They capture you, the character, and then uh, imprison him on an elaborate virtual reality simulation. Yeah. What's crazy about that is like that's not really a great April Fool's joke because Saints Row the Third is already crazy. It's like that's totally within the realm of possibility of, yeah, but like, of Saints Row. Like a VR premise is going to allow them to go like bonkers, way more bonkers than they did with like the normal game. I hopefully. Sure. I mean, that's that's my hope. Yeah. Like they can, they have an excuse to do whatever they want now. Like, well, yeah, they kind of had that already, but sure. Yeah, but I mean, I mean like, oh, now you're in dinosaur times. Ugh, like they can do anything. But it's a standalone expansion, which is something you don't really see too much anymore. This, oh, so what does that even mean? I didn't. 30, I didn't it'll be released as a resale disc uh, oh. for thirty bucks. Cool. Uh, and won't and won't require Saints Row uh, to play. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's badass. Do you think so? Does that mean will we ever see like a game of the year edition that includes that on maybe? Uh, hmm. Do you? Does it? So but, although you, I don't know that Saints Row won any Game of the Year awards, but so well, if you that, ha- that doesn't that part doesn't matter. <laughs> if you had like you know you have your Saints Row character, will yeah. it read that character? Or you don't have to like start from scratch. That's a good question. That's you would think so. Yeah, you'd, you, would you, you so. would hope so. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know this marketing plan. Who knows? But I mean, it's THQ. I'm sure they'll bounce right back. Oh <laughs> yeah. THQ what? has THQ has Dark Souls two coming out. Yeah. Yep, and Company Heroes two, mm-hmm. and no E three booth. Yeah, what's going on with that? No E3 booth? Okay. I guess there's nothing. nothing, <laughs> nothing I, 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 didn't, I didn't know about it until Goldfarb was talking about the movies last night. I missed, I was in, had a head, head in a book yesterday just reading about olden times, and I didn't know what was going <laughs> You're on. You're always reading about olden times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which and, olden, olden times are and, you reading? And another really cool thing about Company Heroes, uh, <laughs> that in case, well, in case somebody's saying, like, oh, Company Heroes, I don't really understand what's going on. Like, the, the reason it's also cool is because it had a, a capture point style of gameplay. So when you were going around maps, you would actually have to move your units to specific sections of the map and capture a resource node 
and then hold that node in order to fuel your production. Like you wouldn't have little workers running around gathering resources and stuff like that. Zug zug. Right. So you wouldn't have the zug zug aspect (laughs) of the gameplay. You would have to move out into the field, capture like fuel and ammo, stuff like that. Um, so the battle would, oh, you, you would be encouraged to go out into battle. You couldn't really turtle. That was difficult. And because buildings could be blown up, even if you garrisoned, uh, soldiers in, in a specific building, you know, somebody could come in and blow that up and there you go. You don't have that cover anymore. So it's a really dynamic experience that encourages combat. It's a lot of fun, really fast paced too. You sound excited. I am excited. There was a, it, it was an excellent RTS that I was embarrassed several times online, uh, yeah. <laughs> while playing, but that's, that's the case with any RTS. Sure. Um, was there, was there a competitive Heroes Online or like a free-to-play version of it? There was, out? and it was uh, it was in beta, and I think their trans their real money transaction system was actually live for a while, and then it just sort of went under. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know that that seems like the way to go, especially considering how many games on <laughs> except PC. for the going under part. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yes, except <laughs> that's for the, not the way to go. Except no. for the not working part, but uh, um, yeah, that was that was weird when that happened because it seems like that's that's the way to go now on PC mm-hmm. because there's so many free-to-play games out mm-hmm. there now. Games people listener Brendan Ryan has a Steam code for Portal 2 they'd like to share with his uh, fellow listeners. Portal 2 is my favorite game of last year. Justin's favorite game of last year. Yeah. I know Charles really liked it. Oh, favorite game of last year? Uh, no, well, you, you I really I, liked it. I, 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 Portal 2 was my number two game last year. Okay. Greg thought it was okay. I, I love Portal 2. <laughs> we talked about it. So, so we all owned it, so we don't need to read off the code. Now, well, now yeah. you can get the code and you can go play Charles' room soon, right? Oh, yeah. Is that how yeah, I, I can talk about that. Do you want to read the code first? Or? Sure. I'll read the code. This is uh, Portal 2. Fast fingers, listeners. The Steam code is NYAY9YVK02BTJYE. Whoever gets that, send good vibes to Brendan Ryan. Yeah, no, yeah, so like uh, level editors are out now, yeah? Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, I mean, you could, you could make levels for Portal before, but this is a super simplified, really easy to use level editor. Um, that'll be out on, I, I believe it's May 8th for PC and Mac versions of Portal 2. And, and it's, a, it's an update to Portal 2, right? That's how you get it? Yeah, it's just, it's free, okay. it's free DLC. So okay. you just, nice. I mean, the, the way it works in Steam is you just basically sign in and then your, your game will update cool. and you will have this. <laughs> and it just adds another uh, uh, option on the main menu and you can just go to community maps and you can browse the workshop like you can do with Skyrim um, and just download other people's creations. So they will post maps onto the, the Steam workshop and you can go in, you can rate them, you can comment on them, you can subscribe to specific users if you really like their stuff, and then just download the maps and play them right there. So the big thing that jumped out to me about this uh, this portal maker, this uh, level level editor, was you've all seen the portal trailers from like the three-fourths overhead view where it's like giving you a little diagram of the portal. Like that's, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's literally what this editor looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the editor itself, if you, wanna, if you have an idea for a puzzle chamber and you want to go in and use it, requires absolutely no technical skill it basically works like windows it's all drag and drop and right click functionality that brings up other menus that you can then interact with like i want a door here i want a laser here i want this switch to affect this laser and it's all done from this like bird's eye view and you just like drag like if you want to make a wall bigger you just drag it up and i I couldn't believe it's actually kind of amazing yeah so they're they're really kind of valve isn't it yeah yeah, it, it. I mean, considering how complicated it could be, it's it's pretty amazing that it's all been boiled down to the super simple interface. So pretty much anyone who has played Portal Two 
um, and thought, eh, you know, this would really be kind of a cool idea if they just move this over here or move this over here, then you can just do that. And See you that. can upload it online. And if it's good, people will upvote it and you will, you know, get Steam famous. It's, one, it's one of those things I can't imagine making a portal level. Like, I, it, and maybe it's because I haven't sat down and fooled around the you'd thing. You'd have to be really smart. I mean, Charles made a great one. Like, I, and I, 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 I didn't actually. You broke it within three seconds. <laughs> but it was fun. And I, didn't, I had to sit around and think and look around and we'll figure out what I was doing. Yeah, and I think that's a good awesome. opportunity. A lot of people, when they're playing games, think, like oh i could design puzzles yeah. and games i could be a level designer in a video game but now there's no technical requirements to do this this is a good opportunity for you to test like can you truly design a smart clever puzzle like there's no there's nothing technical getting in your way so yeah this, there really aren't any barriers to whatever kind of creative ideas did you, you sketch yours out before you did it uh, no, I mean, like you can 15. just go in and, and sort of see what works. There, the, yeah. what, what I didn't find is there doesn't seem to be a way to really make sure that you, you can't run a check and be like, does this? can you actually get to the end of this mm. puzzle? Um, yeah. So you, you basically have to keep hopping in and running through it to make sure it gotcha. works properly. But, I mean, if you upload a puzzle that's just stupid, then no, <laughs> nobody's going to play it. I mean, it's, it's just stupid. It's going to get downvoted, and it's not going to yeah. show up when you... Uh, I mean, there's filters in Steam, so sure. you can say, I want to look at the top rated of all time for puzzle chambers on Steam, and then, you know, you're never going to be yeah. in there. I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. So Portal 2, uh, one of the that game's design philosophies was that it wouldn't require portals that you needed to do fine motor skills. Like, you never needed to shoot a portal in the air, like, when you were moving to solve any puzzles in that game. Uh, there, there, there were a couple of reflex-based stuff. Really? Well, they, so. okay, so I, I believe you, but they 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 toned it down like that wasn't their emphasis, and so now people can go nuts. Like you can have like super hard puzzles, you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, and I, I hope what happens is kind of what you see with games like Trackmania, where people yeah. just come up with entirely new ideas, like push forward courses in yeah. Trackmania, where it's just these crazy tracks that you basically just drive, and then you go through these insane yeah. loops and things like that. Because yeah, people could just have uh, grab lifts, uh, like the the gravity uh, cylinders that. Yeah that are in portal you can just have those uh you know drawing people up and dropping people onto faith plates and stuff like that so you could just have these endless loops of of motion through crazy chambers and things like that it could be really cool yeah it's awesome but yeah it's a good way in in case people haven't been you know you were done with portal uh after the the single player and, and co-op this just seems like a really cool opportunity to get back in and just keep playing and it's free now you're never done <laughs> yeah, you're, you're never, never stuck you're never <laughs> finished shame on you Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at Gamescoop at IGN.com, just like BJ Bumgarner did. He writes in a lot. He says, I have a couple questions related to Diablo 3. Who is reviewing it, and how will it be reviewed, seeing how the online servers won't be up until after lunch? Will your review be delayed? Charles. I, I can answer that. Go, Charles. Uh, for, uh, we have Anthony Gallegos is scheduled for the Diablo 3 review, and yeah, like like... Uh, Blizzard products passed, uh, just like with StarCraft 2, um, like with anything, you know, World of Warcraft. Um, we have to wait until the servers go live. You know, we're, you can't start playing the game until Blizzard flips on Battle.net, and because uh, Diablo 3 is not an, an offline game, there is an online-only requirement for Diablo 3. You cannot actually start playing the game until Blizzard's like, okay, you know, Battle.net, you Battle.net's up, go. Yeah. Um, so we, we are in the same boat as, as everyone else in that respect. Anthony's in for a fun week that week. Um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a sprint, um, but that's that's how it goes with some games. That that's actually how it works with a lot of PC games. Is we don't really get, you know, sometimes we do get early code, which is great, but a lot of the time we're just waiting until the game goes live, either for 
uh, you know, piracy concerns with distributing early code, or um, it's just because you can't either you're uh, you're playing a beta beforehand, or uh, yeah, you just have to wait for the actual game to go live on the launch day. Speaking of getting games early, Shauria Dagra oh. writes in saying, from the lengthy previews of PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale mm-hmm. and Call of Duty Black Ops 2, it is easy to realize you know about games that are about to be announced and normally have also seen them. Now, my question is, on average, how much time earlier do you know about a new game before it is released and how likely it is that you already have seen it and written up a preview of it? All depends on uh, the game and the company and everything else. For PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, terrible name. Uh, Colin, Get right, you're going to be saying that for the rest of the I, year. I know, I know, I know. I'm just going to go back to title fight. Can, you just, it, can you just call it Paul Stars? Paul Stars, that works too. That's good. Uh, Colin saw it on a Wednesday and then it went live on a Friday. And then he saw God of War, him and Goldfarb saw God of War on Thursday. And then that went live Monday morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes so, it's different. You know. Sometimes we have very, very, very strong rumors from friends in the industry. Like we basically know stuff's happening, but we haven't seen it. You know. Sometimes we know nothing. Sometimes you know, and everything in between. Like, yeah. You know. There's. It's it, one, I mean, I'm, I have embargoes right now through E3 on stuff I saw last month. Yeah. And and I would say I think part of that question was you know do you have something prepped and ready to go for whenever it's announced? And I, I mean I can't speak for you, but I, not really. Like, it, it all depends. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. I think our our job is so much moment to moment. Like I'm gonna do. I have a review tomorrow, and I have this tomorrow and this yeah. is happening and there's this announcement at 6 a.m. that usually if you give somebody a long lead they usually I, at least me personally i let it sit until it's time to do it yeah, you know too. what i mean when i that way i have my work prioritized it properly yeah, it's interesting like there will be an interesting announcement about uh, an upcoming game next week we already have the news we have a trailer uh, uh to go along with it and it's, we're just sitting on it it's embargoed until a certain date and a certain time and we're just waiting to hit the publish button yep. is that extreme so some- ghostbusters 2 on yes. game boy advance <laughs> yes. yeah so yeah sometimes that happens and then sometimes we're just as surprised as anybody true yeah uh this is anthony gutia with e3 right around the corner what's your level of excitement for the c3 compared to past e3s oh this is big tony style by the way big tony style I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not as excited about E3 as like last December. I was thinking this E3 That's, was going to be a monster show. I thought it was going to be Wii U. I thought it was going to be the next Xbox. I That's thought it was going to be the next PS3. I even wrote an article about how I thought Half-Life yeah. Three was going to be announced yeah. <laughs> and ran it as a top story, which is totally not the case. I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, if we were seeing the next Xbox, if we were seeing Half-Life Three, I'd be a lot more excited than I am. But yeah, it just it sounds like it's going to be Microsoft talking about Connect a lot. Sony probably talking. Talking about move and and I guess probably about Vita. They better not fucking say a goddamn word about move. <laughs> you talk about the Vita, you talk about your games, you get off the goddamn stage. <laughs> and then and then Nintendo. Will, I mean, the Wii U will be there, but it you know still it's it's like the two the two major uh, uh, players in the in the fight are just are not going to be there with their yeah. If, I mean, honestly, unless I'm, they're lying, unless I'm not they've super been excited totally for it. Lying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're lying to our face. I'm not super excited for it, and in a lot of ways, it kind of just feels like an inconvenience. Like, can you just come to show me these games? Like, really? Yeah. So we, you know, we're already starting to hear about the games that are going to be announced, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be cool, they'll be fine, but yeah. like, none of them are like blowing us away. Like, yeah, yeah. oh my god. That, it, that Elder Scrolls Online announcement was probably one of the biggest announcements. It, yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, I mean, Sony showed all those games last week and stuff that are cool, and I didn't get to go to Hollywood, so I want to go play them. But again, it's like, could you just bring them to me? I don't want to go down there. It's hot. I'm going to walk around. Yeah. Hopefully the press conferences are super awesome. Like, you know I mean? Like, there's, there's always surprises, right? There's always the one more thing. That oh, and be one exciting. more thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's, and it's also fun to go down there and hang out. I mean, I, I'm not, like, dreading it. Don't get me wrong. I don't, don't send any emails about how I'm entitled and an asshole or whatever, or <laughs> jaded or something, because I'm not. It's just like... Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, oh, we, it will be fun. Uh, that's always a really fun week. E3 is yeah. great. Yeah, it's always we've all been to many, many E3s, and uh, you know we do get to see games kind of early, and uh, you know it does sound jaded or whatever, but the the sort of luster of the show wears off right. after a few years, and then it's just about like the work and the exactly. games. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Keep in job. Keep in mind that you know this is our job. We are you very, I mean? very busy. Yeah. Um. You know. So it's it's. But for me, this will be my tenth E3 this year, and uh, it's more about catching up with people that I don't get to see that often. You that's know, true, people yeah. that that don't live in San Francisco or whatever. Everyone in the industry in that one place True. and that only happens a few times a year so i'm very very excited to see the games but i'm almost more excited to just catch up with folks for sure i i was just very excited to see or hear about actual next gen plans yeah i was yeah, like no. it's time this is, is gonna happen and then sony and microsoft were like eh, nope yeah <laughs> it's like, it's okay yeah, it's really interesting. So if it's true, if there will be no mention of next Xbox or PlayStation 4, uh, it's interesting that Microsoft and Sony would let Nintendo have that far of a lead ahead of them. But I don't know. Well, I mean, didn't but the news leaked a little while ago, or not leaked, I guess, whatever. But I remember reading a story that it turned out the Wii U wasn't as powerful as like PS3. No, but it, I mean, it's at least they're talking about it, and it's coming out, and you know, but yeah, there's there's buzz building. There's already buzz building for it. You know, is there? Well, yeah. Okay. I want to I want to play the next Smash Brothers, but I'm scared that that game isn't going to come out for like four it's years. Yeah, they keep, I mean last year it was just a cocktail napkin and this yeah, year they're like, "Well, we're thinking about it more." I mean, honestly to me and this is you know, maybe because I'm I hang out with you guys and like, we're talking to industry people. For me, like them letting them have the stage is them just giving them the rope. Go yeah. ahead, hang yourself. What are you what are you going to have? What are you going to show? What are you going to do? Batman really- game of the year? There you go. <laughs> keep taking it but like you don't really know like you know the dreamcast came out early and that ended up kind of being part of that system's downfall it wasn't as strong as you exactly know, as powerful, if it comes but, out and it's not as powerful as the ps3 and everything else and but the online's still shoddy it's gonna be like whatever but then like the 360 coming out a year early was a big part, part of the reason yeah. why that system dominated yeah, yeah. so you don't really know. i mean that's the, and that's even the, though the system broke down for like a yeah minute. yeah <laughs> That's, yeah, that's the big question gamble and that's why it is exciting anytime somebody does new consoles yeah. what does it mean because i mean like remember when nobody was excited for the wii like yeah. really I was excited because I wanted to play NES games and I got it it's like oh this isn't what I thought it was going to be and then everybody bought it and they're like holy crap and this thing just like destroyed you know what I mean yeah someone tweeted at me today said they're listening to old games groups I don't know when this was from but apparently some time ago I asked the question do you think we'll still be playing the Wii in 2012 <laughs> what no. was the answer well no we're not <laughs> oh no but I, mean, I don't know about oh, that I, then. I didn't know if we predicted it or like no I don't know they, that's all they tweeted okay, at okay. Me. but yeah so so as it is now if if uh the next uh, Sony and Microsoft consoles are not at E3, then they would be announced next E3, would be my guess. Yeah. That they would and then still come out I, that fall. I mean, I would assume that Sony and Microsoft would still use E3 as an announcement platform, or maybe they'll just spin off and do their own thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, right. That's the thing to, when you're thinking about the timetable for how all this would work. It if would it, strike me that you would have an announced event, like before E3. Then at E3, you actually show your lineup and give this big thing and the, the price, and this is for next year, the price yeah. and the date, and then it's the fall that it comes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, they have to announce that it's coming prior, you know, sometime in the spring, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. it's just for the, for the past cycle of consoles, I remember there was a longer uh, announcement cycle. Like, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we knew about the consoles, for similar to what Nintendo did with Wii U. It's like, mm-hmm. we know about Wii U for a while, then they do, like, this E3, they'll do the full reveal and yeah. be like, here's all this stuff that's happening, I assume. Um, but it's just a different but climate, if, if right? Microsoft and Sony are just like next year saying, "Oh, here's our new consoles," and then it comes out next fall or something like that, it seems like maybe it wouldn't even come out until the year after. Yeah. Maybe it's, you figure yeah. it's all they're about, just the, it, the console cycle for for them just seems to be constantly pushed back further and further. Well, it's all about sales and that in actually being a cycle, right? Like Nintendo noticed that Wii sales weren't were tapering off now, so they're like, "All right, we sold as many Wii's as we can. Here's the next thing." Where Sony and Microsoft are still seeing that uptick of like. 
people are still buying these things left and right let's keep going especially playstation as far as like we have momentum let's keep going let's try to keep you know get it out there and get it to people and you announce a ps4 then everybody who is on the fence about ps3 now like oh well i'll just wait all right this is sam care he says although it's never going to happen what do you think of the idea that games should be priced according to their metacritic score (laughs) what the better a game is the more a publisher can charge for it thus giving people true value for money nope is this an idea that people talk about i've never heard of this idea no, I don't I, think, I don't so. I think it's just a hypothetical. Well, like I don't want to pay a hundred dollars for Batman: Arkham City. There you go. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I think I think there's there's like the I don't I mean I, I don't know I, I was gonna say there, I, I was about to say that I like that there's just an industry standard. Yeah. And then like games should meet a level of whatever you're looking for to play, get that standard. But I don't. That's totally not right anymore because I love the fact that Fez is cheaper and I love the fa- you know I mean like downloadable games and how all these things factor in and on top of them that being this like $60 game yeah I, I do think that they're right more stratification in the pricing is very much a good thing and that's yeah. part of the reason why I like PC gaming PC gaming and mobile gaming is uh, you know Square Enix releases you know big giant $20 RPGs on the app store right alongside little 99 cent apps and they you know they both exist on the same storefront but they fill very different roles mm-hmm. and very different categories and neither one you know, needs to exist at the expense of the other. And I'd like to see that more on consoles. You know, why? Got to be 60 bucks. That's it. Yeah. You know. And I, I feel like a lot of that pricing takes care of itself because if a, yeah. game, if a game, if somebody puts a game out that's crappy, that's $60, nobody is buying that game. And, and yeah, and, right to bargain, I, I right mean, to it, markdown. You may have launch sales where people got excited about it, but after that, it's just, yeah. there's no, nothing is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if the game is really good, like Skyrim, and it's still selling on Steam yeah. for $60, then you know that's it's just going to keep doing that because it's that there's that much content in the game it's that good yeah and i mean I, I don't have any stats to back this up but my gut tells me that prices are dropping faster now you know it's like yeah, they're capturing yeah. like people are excited when well, you know the, let's charge 60 dollars at launch for the people that are pumped and jazzed about it you know and then we'll capture more people at 40 dollars and more at 30 <laughs> and then on down i like i guess the way to put it is i like that the, right now there's pretty much a ceiling right there's a 60 dollars ceiling and then anything can happen below that and things can move some somebody tweeted at me the other day that uh i clicked on this amazon link and it was duke nukem forever for five dollars new <laughs> i was like you know okay yeah yeah, yeah and i think the, that the, game's not even a year old now yeah and, and the growing awareness of, of free-to-play products, it's, you know, that's just going to draw people yep. in and be like, wait, I can get a, pretty much a comparable experience with this title without paying anything up front to, to play it. Like that, yeah. That's too strong an incentive for, mm-hmm. for the $60 model to really stick around for games that aren't Call of Duty. And that, I, that aren't, uh, yeah, like Elder Scrolls and stuff yeah. like that. And I think some publishers are able to get around that $60 ceiling with special editions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, you get the Halo Cat helmet and you get whatever <laughs> else. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but I like mean, you they, say, that's, that's only, uh, that's a small group of early adopters. Yeah, so it's like, you know, give people, you know, if people want to give you more than $60, you know, by all means, let them give you more money, mm-hmm. you know, from a business perspective. And, you know, so they're mm-hmm. they're... I like the special editions because I don't feel like I need to buy them. I don't, I don't care. But, sure. you know, it's there for the super fans. This is Steve Gale. On last week's GameScoop, you guys briefly talked about Apple sometimes having an adversarial disposition towards games on their platforms. You spoke as if it was a matter of common knowledge, but I was hoping you could elaborate on evidence of Apple having an anti-game attitude. Did Jobs ever actually say anything openly, openly antagonistic towards the industry? Wait, was I on that GameScoop? Yeah. Um... 
Well, you know, now that we have a follow-up question about it, I, I, I can't point to any specific examples, I guess. But, the, again, it's sort of a, a gut thing or the sense that I get is that Apple is a company that backed into video games. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't consider themselves a video game company. They didn't consider the App Store, you know, a video game delivery platform. It was just one of many categories, and then it just happened to be the dominant category. Like, I thought – I've read things about that before, seen stories about it before. That, right. Like, they, yeah, they, they weren't expecting that, and then, and then he didn't want – like, uh, Jobs didn't want a controller ever with it like he didn't see the yeah. value in that and stuff like that and they well it, you know and the big story is in the very early days of the iphone um they didn't want to have third-party apps at all um mm-hmm. steve jobs didn't he said no no apps only our own apps no nobody else is going to be able to make apps for our phone and thank you know thank god he got talked out of that because that's <laughs> that you know that's that's why the phone is so yeah. incredible you know but so. I think maybe where i see antagonism is that the fact that they made an, an incredibly successful gaming device yeah. whether they intended to or not but they don't really capitalize on it you know no, and they, they seem to just sort of like ignore the fact that they have a, a gaming device. They're finally figuring it out. It took them too long. Um, you know, it took them several years of games being all the top selling apps on the App Store. It's always games. And then years later, they're kind of like, oh, games. You know, we need to hire. <laughs> so they hired, they actually hired a bunch of IGN folks. You know, yeah. they're, they're staffing up their gaming group. And, uh, you know, they're much, much better now. But uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't. I guess if I did say antagonistic, I, 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 Take that back. That wasn't the right word, but they just didn't seem. They just didn't seem to care. There's also the fact that they always plan. They always make their announcements like right at, during GDC. Oh well, that's a little antagonistic. Right? That's true. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, yeah, it's they, like right next to Moscone Center during this big gaming event. They're like, oh no, we're gonna make our own big announcement. Yeah, that part's true. And I and I think if I didn't, I meant to. But I, this is very similar to Facebook and their games platform. Um, you know, Facebook. If you look at the adoption of Facebook and how that platform got so popular, it happened at the exact same time that Farmville and these other games started to come out, and they didn't consider themselves. Like, if you were to ask Mark Zuckerberg, like, oh, is Facebook a, you know, a platform to deliver games to people? He'd be like, well, no. But, like, it's absolutely they owe a big part of their success to Zynga and these games. And Apple owes a big part of their success to, you know, Rovio and the companies that are making games on on their platform. But neither one really wants to think of themselves that way. And I guess that's what I mean about them. Mm -hmm. You know, Sony's like totally. We do video games. <laughs> Please make us games, right? Like, <laughs> Please so, do something. It's, it's different than Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. If you were to compare them, mm. that's sure, it. sure, sure, sure. They, you know, they don't, they don't own, they don't own yeah. their their gamingness in the same way. They they need to own it. Yeah, they could be another first party. Yep, hardware manufacturer, but they they don't really position themselves that way. No, like Apple. Like, why doesn't Apple make first party iPad games? Right? Like, why don't they make a first party controller? Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> Why don't they make a first party? Party! No, I mean, yeah, I mean they, they may not... I mean, they do show it in their ads and things like that, in their marketing. You can yep. see they that, do now, that yeah. they do highlight uh, gaming and things like that. And yeah, I mean, they're very, they're very much in the market. They, the iPad, the new iPad is... Yeah. Is a major competitor. Yeah, I mean, the new iPad is very, very powerful. They, the graphics processor in it is, uh, you know, is hot. And the only reason to do that is games. You know, you don't need that for web browsing. You don't need that for eBooks. You know, they clearly did that to, to you know, compete with uh, handhelds, you know, that's why that, why that, that's why that chips in there. So yeah. So Charles, the last thing I would say about this is everything that I'm saying is in the past. Like Apple is completely on board. You know, are with, they now? I don't it, know about that. It seems to be that way. I'm okay. So not completely, on, <laughs> not completely on board the way that like Sony's completely on board with video games or Microsoft is, but you know, they have a games group of people that they have people in that company that know what they're doing with video games now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're making their mobile devices more powerful than ever. Um, when, when Apple has a, a press conference at E3, that, that's when they're completely on board. Yeah, okay, fair enough. 
That'd be cool. I, I just I feel like they're just trying to do their own thing. They're like, we're, yeah. we're we are ruling this market without having to directly engage with it. Yeah. And why Why would they go to E3? Like it's working out well for them so far. Yeah. They're just like everyone's buying these devices anyway. So you know you you have to deal with us. We don't have to deal with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good position to be in. But <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, okay, because everyone's buying. I guess so. Um. I was reading today that Kindle Fire is not uh, not uh, it, it sold really well at uh, like right at Christmas when it came out. But yeah, yeah it was still, like seventy bucks, ninety but nine bucks or something, right? Yeah, it's it was one ninety nine. Oh, but okay. still, that's cheap enough. There was to, a like, cheap one though, wasn't there? There's still the normal Kindles, like the E-Ink right. Kindles, but the right. one the one that has a color, the that's LCD color screen, is one ninety nine. Last question comes from uh, Derek Howell Peterson. Very, he has a very uh, thoughtful question. Dear IGN, can you tell me which version of every game is better on Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3? Let me know if you get this message. Uh, the, the answer is PC. <laughs> message received. <Yeah. laughs> uh, all right, I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. I leave you this week with a sample of my latest song. It's called Ninja Challenge. Big shout out to GameScoop listener Dennis Mortensen for mastering the track for me. He masters all my tracks, always makes my music sound amazing. This is Ninja Challenge. It's available right now in iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Check it out. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. And we're out. Operational. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. 
Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.